Abba Yahweh again rouse me, bring me into your word, sharing your truth, knowledge, and wisdom so that I may do the same with my brothers and sisters. Father, to any out there that would have an ear to hear what I say, to listen to what I say, and to seek your face, Father. Abba Yahweh, so, I'm coming because the Holy Spirit is, um, and I were having a conversation this morning and coming in and out and sharing things with me and showing me things. And um, I've shared with you a number of times before about confirmation and, and having confirming word and that um, confirmation isn't anything about, um, it can be if it's twisted to do so, but for me, confirmation is just telling me that as when I used to drive commercially and I was on the road and driving around that great big old vehicle and having to get from one side of the country to the other side of the country and having to have a roadmap to guide me or knowing directions and and learned that um, following the map is really a good thing and not going it on your own, which so many are found to do these days. And I say that because the Bible, the word of God, his empirical truth and the evidence that I find that is in this word that is happening all around and going on and seeing the prophecies, the confirmation that I am going in the right direction and traveling in the right direction. And I also charge you for this, brothers and sisters, and I have done so time and again, and I'm really getting anxious about this, not so much so that it bothers me and become fearful, but what I see that we as a body, as the body is doing and things that are starting to develop and just as it was when Isaiah spoke of this and, and this pastor that I was listening to and his truth, not his truth, God's truth, but he was speaking the truth, um, is talking about the same thing and confirming. So it's like this, this Bible, the Bible that I read, the Bible that I get into, the Bible where I bring the truth, knowledge, and wisdom of the Lord God Almighty, which I pray for to share with you all out here, the truth, the truth, and only the truth. So help me, God. And he does. And this is, and there in, in and of itself is an example of what I'm talking about. Wow. You'll understand in a minute. So this book is not only our guidebook, it's not only our roadmap to get us through life, it's, it's very similar for us in traveling on this plane of existence like my Thomas, Thomas Brothers Road Atlas was, so my, I don't know who these guys were, but they evidently did the research and study because I found it to be the absolute best and for the 25 years that I traveled coast to coast, border to border, in that 18-wheeler moving through and seeing all sorts of people, I found it to be the absolute best roadmap for traveling. It showed everything. I mean, it showed 
it just showed everything. It'd be hard to get caught up in that, and, and I don't want to do that. I need to stay in the Word. But this Bible that God gave us, mm, 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 mm. the truth, I'm pausing and hesitating because what I bring is, is not, a, it's not an easy word, but it's a truth. And I'm praying as I'm doing this because I want it to come to you in the way it should, but it's also exactly what the Bible talked about. Before I get and carry into this, I want to share with you from John 16, 33. And this is a, an important to do. So before I go there, I'm sorry I had to place a marker where I, the other, one of the others, So this is um, I'm uh, I'm praying, and you hear me breathing deeply because, brothers and sisters, this is a this is not exactly the easiest thing to talk about, but it's the truth, and it has to be told. It must be told. It's his truth, and it is what we are called to do. And not to be as as things are here in our society. And John 33, these things, as Jesus is speaking to us, these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Lord. So when you are going to stand boldly, which we are called to do, and I pray for each and every single one of you because the time is becoming, the season is changing. And the season has changed because I've seen that. And Isaiah, we're going to follow the rule of faith. And we're going to jump back into Isaiah let me get back over there. I didn't put a marker in it, but I know where I'm going. So if we're going to use this guidebook, we're going to go to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. And this is important because Isaiah is speaking to the nation of Israel. And you have to take into account, remember I've shared with you before that, that um as I go through Isaiah and Jeremiah, I've also done that too, that in many of the sidebar places I put, um, I just put USA with a question mark. And I do that because much of what the prophet is speaking of is exactly what's going on in our nation and not just in our nation. There are other nations, and I'm sure that they have those that are preaching the word, the gospel, the truth that are doing, and their nation is doing the same thing. But um, I bring this because Isaiah is speaking of seasons. And when he's speaking of it there, 
and the seasons that he's talking about, and also Paul talks about to when he writes to Timothy. But the seasons are when we are in and and the nation is accepting to the word and and then the season changes and the nation decides to not be receptive to the truth and the word of God and the knowledge. And Isaiah 59 talks about this and he's talking about these things. And, and I find this is really powerful here because... strength but he's talking about how the people have turned away and turned against God and you can see this happening as it was spoken of by Isaiah and and we have this um, I'm going to jump into Isaiah 13 in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Do you not see that happening in the streets of this country, this nation, and you see it happening around the world? Is that you have those that would throw truth away and choose for lies? That's what he's talking about. Truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. that those individuals, there are those and there are many that choose to throw away the truth and the word of God. And here's something that you're gonna understand also is that you have those that stand on the stage that have perverted the word of God and claiming to be that truth giver and they are liars and deceivers that we were warned of by Jesus in the book of Matthew, in Luke, In Acts, we are told, and Peter talks about it, Paul talks about it, the deceivers, the liars, they come as ravening wolves to to separate and scatter the flock. But here's the thing that differs this person that is speaking now. And I have yet, I have yet to hear any of these perverts declare the truth and claim for you to try the spirit. Why is that? Because the spirit of truth would tell you to flee, flee, flee from these liars and perverts that darken the word and twist and malign the word of God and take his truth and make it a lie. They don't ever challenge anyone to try their spirit because they know that if they do that, that the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, paracletos, that comes from God to lead and guide and teach us and take us on the right path would take you away from them and anyone that would be with them that did that very thing that you should do anyway, as we are told in the book of John to do. And what did I, what do I do? I do it often, just like I'm going to do right now. Try my spirit. 
Take and pray the Spirit to tell you the truth because I speak the truth. As it comes from the Bible, as it comes from the Word of God, I will speak the truth, only the truth, so help me my Father God in heaven. Try my Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit tells you, don't listen to him, and you decide that you're going to listen to that white noise interference that is trying to deceive you, and you go, that's okay. You'll be back because the truth will come and you will see. Further, 59.15, Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. What do you think is happening in this country? And what does that mean? Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. What do you think happened? Look at this. We have a, we have a professional sports team, and in the sports teams now, you see it. Um, and I'm going to call them out, the NFL, National Football League. The National Football League is supposed to be the big sport guys for the country. And what do they do? They ostracized and alienated for those men that would dare kneel down and pray. They even had a, a high school football coach that got fired because after the game, he had his team kneel down and they thanked God for everyone being safe. And they pray over their, their opponents. They prayed over them. And he got fired for that. He wasn't preaching a sermon. He just had his team pray. He got his job back and the school was chastised for what they had done. But I'm going to share with you here now, we had uh, somebody might remember the soccer team, the, the women's soccer team. And the young ladies who were standing for their truth and their faith and because they weren't following what the team was doing and their lies and seat and going out and partying and all that stuff with them and they weren't carrying on in their ways, but they were alienated and ostracized. And the star player who was actually the star player, the real star player was booted off the team and not invited to go to the big deal that was, I think it was Tokyo. And what happened to that team? If you remember, I remember that team lost their invitation. They, got, they were asked not to come. And those young women, they went on to go somewhere else, and that's fine. But they were alienated and ostracized and pushed out. Why? Because they spoke the truth. Is that not happening in the nation, in the world today? Those who stand up and speak the truth boldly? Let's go back to Daniel. If we go back to Daniel, I believe it's Daniel 3, you will see what happened. You had Nebuchadnezzar. He had a 90 foot tall, 90 feet. That's pretty tall. That's pretty tall. If you take an 18 wheeler, you got one of those big double sleeper guys pulling a, usually a 53 foot trailer. And then when you get that and you add all the stuff, so you're talking 72 feet. And you go buy one of those things on the freeway, if you ever have, or on the roadway, that's pretty long. It takes you a pretty good ways, but that's 72 feet long from the front bumper all the way back to the dock bumper on the back of the trailer. 
Now, if you were to take that and stand it on that dock trailer and point it up in the air, that's going to be pretty tall. But you got to figure that you're going to have to add to be that statue that Nebuchadnezzar had erected of himself in gold. You have to add another 20-some feet to that. That's pretty big. And he had this thing made and poured, and it was poured of gold, and, and he made a decree to go out that everyone is going to, uh, when they have, a, they have an orchestra come out, and they play the music and the tambourines and the cymbals and the, and the stringed instruments and all that, and when people hear that, then they are, wherever they are, wherever they are, they're going to kneel down, they're going to bow to the statue, and they're going to do that because that's a decree that he made. However... However, you have, and I'm not, there's still some that speak this and I don't, I don't get this. See, I've, I put that aside, but you hear the name Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And the name of Daniel was changed about the Shazar. Well, let me tell you this about that. The truth be told is that those names that were given to them, they took their Hebrew names away from them. And they gave them each a name that was giving honor to a false deity that was within the Babylonian religion, an idol that they worshipped. And these were their little deities that flitted around. So Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were not their names. Those were names given to them. Balthashazar is not Daniel's name. Daniel is his name given as a Hebrew child, and they were taken into captivity as Hebrew teens. And then you have Hananiah, Mishael, and Ananiah. Anzariah, sorry. That's their Hebrew name. That was their birth name. And that's what they were given. And that's what they, they didn't answer to the other ones. And when people were talking to them, they would just kind of continue on. And then, of course, as someone, hey, I'm talking to you. Oh. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you call my name. I heard you calling someone else. I thought you wanted them. And see, for me, just like when they don't call me out, and some people call me something else, they don't, I don't know how they mistake it, but they think that when I say Raven, I say Raymond. And um, and then I have, I've had individuals that, do that. Raymond, Raymond, Raymond. I don't respond. And when they keep going and then I can tell that they're directing toward me, I'll look up and I say, are you sorry? I'm sorry. Are you calling a Raven, which is me and Raymond is not my name? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said your name was Raymond. No, it's Raven. Just corrective, but that's, and see for me, those three Hebrews, they stood by them. So they stood by what was given them, their God-given name that was given to them by their belief, their faith. Anyway, so they had this 90-foot statue that was, actually it was a depravity. Wow. So declared himself to be that to be worshiped and he ordered that everyone would kneel and bow to that when they heard the music. Well, these three young men did not. And they were taken into custody. 
And when questioned, they said, we bow only to our Lord and our God. We will not bow and we will not worship you because you are not a God. Oh, that just infuriated him. Just got him all upset. And we know that Nebuchadnezzar, what he did next to these three, there's a song written about it and they call out their Babylonian names. But when he took Hananiah, Mishael, and and Zariah and had them put into the furnace, he had that furnace stoked up seven times what it normally should be, really hot. And when they were taken to be thrown in there, it was so hot that at the door when they were taken and thrown in, the, the, the men that had grabbed them to take them and throw them into the furnace, they were struck down dead and consumed by the heat. That's pretty hot. And Nebuchadnezzar, he had his little arrogant self set on a throne so he could look in the open side of the furnace and watch them burn. Except there's one thing. The truth stood with them. And Nebuchadnezzar rhetorically questioned his counselors and his authoritarians who were the priests and those that did the idol worshiping and leading of the idol worship. Did we not throw three men in that furnace? Why is there a fourth and he is like unto the son of God? So here is one of the instances where the truth, the only begotten son of God, before he was sent to our plane of existence as our sacrificial lamb. And there's several other places in the Old Testament where you find him. But Nebuchadnezzar saw, then why is there a fourth and he is like unto the son of God? He didn't know God. He knew false idols and worshiped false idols and wanted his people to worship him. That's why he built that big old statue. And when they were come out from the furnace, their hair was not singed. Their clothing was not burnt. They didn't even smell like they had been in the fire. Didn't even smell like the furnace. Now, pardon me, I was on a short coffee break. Now, when they came out and Nebuchadnezzar made a decree and he told his people, might have gone something like this, hear me now that the Lord God of these men is God. He is God. He is God, period. He made a decree. Not that God needed him to do that, but that was a fairly gracious thing to do after take, trying to put them in there and burn them up. And they just simply told him. They said, Nebuchadnezzar, 
Our God may not deliver us from the furnace, but even still, we will not bow to you or your golden statue or your idols because it is not the truth. The truth that we honor and we have faith in comes from our Lord God. That is our truth. And that is what we will bow to, not to you, not to an idol, and not to a false deity. Not gonna happen. So you throw us in the furnace, we might be burned up and get you a little enjoyment, but our God either will or won't deliver us. It says will be done. As I prayed about my brother, and some folks might have a hard time with that, but here's the point. I don't care. You've heard me say this time and time again. I don't care. Why? Because validation comes from God. What I prayed was that it be God's will, and if it be God's will, that he would be healed and taken out of that walker and that he would continue on and be able to live longer than what he did, which was, goodness gracious, I think it was nearly... Sorry, folks, I'm trying to calculate my old head. I think he was nearly 80, late 70s. So if God's will was that he would to stay and he would heal him, that he would do that. But I also knew that if he did not and he took him home, I knew that he was going to be miraculously healed anyway. Because what does God tell us in his Bible? The empirical truth, empirical evidence that is laid before me that I cannot dispute, the infallible truth of the word of God, which cannot be argued, and I I can't, and I won't, I won't even go there. But I know that when he, and he already, as soon as he got home, he was already healed, he was younger, he was in his younger age, and it tells us that we will be that way. We will be glorified, we will be changed, and we will be as we were as a young man or woman, and stronger, and that all that's gonna be gone, all infirmities, all pain, all tears, all sorrow is gonna be gone, all things will be made new. And since we're on that, I'm gonna to just touch on this real briefly here, that a lot of people have wanna argue about this, but I, how worthless, what an what a absolute frivolous waste of time to argue about the fact that the Bible tells you something and just take it for what the Bible says. The truth, it's the word of God. God says that all things will be made new. Just like in John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, doesn't mean that whosoever, if you're black or white or Latino or Asian, that you know, you're gonna have preference. It doesn't say any of that. It said that whosoever, meaning that all lives matter to God. Nothing matters to God except the character of your heart. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Here's the bottom line, period, truth. God gave you the palette of your skin. The character of your heart is yours to choose. And if you choose to be derisive and hate-filled and not listen to the truth and the word of God, that's a choice that you've made. But here's something else that you have to realize. Don't be keeping yourself in that dark, cold season. Step into the warmth of the light and be in that season. And this is what Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 59. He's talking about the, the seasons. 
And we are in that season. And as you see, nothing has really changed. Everybody, they want to rewrite the Bible because it, it's not applicable and it's not relevant to this day. And yes, it is. The Bible is exactly what we see going on, is exactly what was going on in the nation back in that time. And what he's talking about in this season, the seasons when everybody is, you know, beat the drums and the cymbals and all that and, you know, rah, rah. God, 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 God. And then, of course, they get into the thing where they decide that, that uh, falsehood and lies that are better and that those that speak the truth are cast out ostracized. That happened during the time of Noah. In that season, that season they were demonstrative of their hatred. They didn't want to hear God. They were believing in lies. They were believing in deceit. And Noah being the good man of God that he was, is, because he's home. And oh, man, that's going to be cool. I'm going to get to meet him. Wow, that's awesome. Just thought about that. I don't know why. But as it was in the days of Noah, and for 120 years that it took him to build the ark, it took him a long time. Did he just get off and go home and go to bed, take a bath, eat dinner and go to bed? No, he didn't. He preached the gospel, the good news that they could repent, they could mend their ways, they could give their self over to God and have faith in God, but they didn't want to hear it. What did they want to spend their time doing? They chose, they chose lies. They chose deceit. They chose hatred and derision, and they made fun of Noah until God lifted that ramp and put his hand on that side of that ark and sealed it closed. And the rains came down, the floods came up quickly. And then they ran. They said, save us, save us, save us. We're sorry, we, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. Well, the water was already up to their chin and it was nearly up to the bottom of their nose when they were clean. And it was hard to hear them because they were gurgling and bubbling and the floods came up. The rains came down. They had been given 120 years to repent and they chose not to do so. Brother and sister, do you see that season changing now? I'm sorry, I look around and I say, yeah, there's good things going on. And I still tell the truth, I still speak the truth, and I won't change that. Not for you or anybody else. And what do I say all the time? You hear me say it, and I'll say it again. I don't care, because my validation comes to the Lord my God. He's called me to be about his business, and that is what I will do. My father's business, not the business of some egregiously acting Congress or president or some lying elected official or anybody else that likes to see themselves in charge. Doesn't matter. Because they have made themselves a false idol. Do as I say. Uh, I'm going to obey the law as the law guides, but you do what you want to me, but the truth is the truth. I have to have that boldness, I have to have that courage, and I have to be righteous in what I do and not be confrontational, but be truthful. Brothers and sisters, the season has changed when, it, and when it talks about, um, let me go back here and find exactly where that was. I'm sorry. 
I'm reading through these verses quickly because there is one thing specific I wanted to... Ah, here we go. It's in uh, 59.15. Yea, truth falleth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that those young ladies that stood for the truth, they became prey. They became targeted. They were ostracized and alienated. I think there were four of them. I can't remember the story now exactly. But their teammates, because they decided to follow what their team captain, what was her name, Rapinoe or whatever, that she made herself their team deity. The captain, and she probably shouldn't have been. I, I'm just, just expressing an opinion here. Sorry, Father. Okay, that doesn't belong there because that's not part of the truth. The truth is that these young ladies were alienated and ostracized and Rapineau made herself their team deity by saying, I'm the captain and what I say goes, period. You won't pray and you're going to go do what we want. And if you don't do what we say and how we are and you don't agree with us, then you've got no part in this team and kick them off the team. And then, of course, the team was uninvited to what they were going through, this huge thing that was going to put them on display to the world, and they didn't get to go. That's unfortunate. And I'm going to continue reading in Isaiah 59. And I'm going to go to continue reading it. They're talking about the judgment and making yourself pray because you, you go away and you turn away from the, the evil. You look at these men and women, these uh, professional athletes. You look at these men and women that, that kneel down or they pray at the beginning of a game or after a game or somebody gets hurt, as what happened to that professional football player, that was pretty profound and pretty powerful when you had football players that went out and when they had those that were truth-tellers and sharers, and they knelt down to pray over him. And other team members from both sides came out, and they knelt to pray. Of course, you had those that were standing, and they wouldn't. But there were those that were not fearful of demonstrating that they were going to pray to God. And they all knelt down. It was profound. It was profound. But there are still those out there. But when you become, when you walk away from that, then you become prey. And you have those that want to stir those up and beat the drums and make the loud noises and and cover up the words and that they're speaking or the truth and then make fun of them and ostracize them, alienate them and push them out. And here's what it says. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. And this is talking about God. And the Lord saw it. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation upon the head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with 
with real as a cloak, uh, with zeal, sorry, as a cloak. So the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and was prepared to go out and battle. As it tells us in the New Testament, that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the evil in high places. And we must be willing to do that, to put on the helmet of salvation, the blessed prayer of righteousness, and take up the shield of faith and gird ourselves with a sword of truth and shod our feet with a preparation of the gospel, the word of God. We have to be prepared to do that. And then we go out and we do that spiritual warfare that we are in. And we have to be willing to do that. And yet there are many that do not. And here's where some of this other comes in. Um, this is also shared in the Bible. In the word of God. We're going to jump. We're going to take one of those uh, spiritual jumps. So we're going to go from Isaiah 59 and we're going to go into 2 Timothy. I believe that's where I want to be. Taking a view of my notes, I'm sorry. Ah, uh, Second Timothy 4. Ha, ah, indeed, indeed, indeed. This is where you have to be careful. And this is happening in the world today. And this is happening not only out in the street amongst society as a whole, but it's also happening within the churches, brothers and sisters. Yes, the churches, the false teachers the liars, deceivers, those that pervert the truth and the word of God, as I've shared with you, they will not challenge anyone to try their spirit because the Holy Spirit will tell individuals that they need to go. And if you are a true believer and you're in one of those churches, you should know that you ought to be trying the spirit. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to get gone, then you need to get gone. But the sad part is that many will not do that because they've fallen into this thing that, that Paul is writing to Timothy about. And I'm going to actually start in Timothy 4, 1. I'm going to go to that. I charge thee therefore God, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. What does that mean? I've shared with you already that the, se the in the season is that people are going to want to hear the word. They're going to be, yeah, yeah, yay, yay. And you're going to have those that are, and then out of season as what this nation has turned against, the word of God. Look at the nation, what's going on right now. This was at one time, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And, and people were believing that. Yeah, you had some things that were going on, but people believed it. And Billy Graham used to be invited before Congress 
opened and started their thing. It used to be their daily deal. Their thing was that they had prayer, pledge allegiance, and used to be have members that were elected and they they swore their oath and used the Bible as a testament to do that. They don't even use the Bible anymore. They don't even do it in court anymore. They've tossed the Bible aside. And the season has changed. They don't want to hear the truth. They much prefer lies and deceit over truth. Truth is bent so it's kind of almost, or lies are bent and twisted so it's almost truth. And that makes it acceptable to individuals and they'll take that lie over the truth. Truth is really hard to hear sometimes. But I tell you right now, and I share it with you often when I speak, I don't care. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak boldly in the truth, his knowledge and his wisdom only. I'm not going to lie and twist things around to make it more comfortable. If it makes you twitch, I'm sorry about that. If it gets your knickers all twisted up and you get a knot on your behind, you can't sit straight in a chair and it makes you squirm around. Then you get all agitated and offended. Well, that's because you're seeking offense. If you seek the truth and the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord God Almighty, you will find it. You will find him if you seek his face. But if you seek offense, you will surely find offense and you will find things to be offended at because you're not looking for the truth. Pretty simple. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. What did he just tell Timothy, his second letter to Timothy? Stand up in truth. If you have to rebuke somebody, do so. If you have to exhort them and lift them up and help, then do so. If you have to reprove and you have to show out that somebody is deceitful, then do so but do so in righteousness, do so without sinning, and you have to be long-suffering to make sure that what you're speaking is truth and what you're doing is truth and acceptable in the sight of God. And Paul is telling this young pastor who's learning about this thing, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does that mean? Itching ears. Well, that means because they want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth, so they want to have somebody that's going to tell them what they want to hear. And they're going to have somebody up there running around on the stage and behind the podium that is a pervert and the deceiver of the truth and a hider of the truth, a maligner of the truth, and speaking untruth, and shadowing everything that is righteous, and doesn't share from the word of God. And there are many out there that are doing that now. There's a bunch of them right now. They have this, oh my gosh, I've seen some of their videos. They have monstrous congregations, but I have yet to hear them speak any scripture. I have yet to hear them say anything like, try my spirit, make sure that the Holy Spirit needs you to be here, wants you here and hearing the truth from God. I've never, I have yet to hear any of them talk about this. But yet what I do hear is I hear them, and I'm gonna call down the power and authority of God to strike down any of those that 
talk, any man or woman that speaks against my ministry. Well, first of all, liar, it's not your ministry. It's the ministry of God, and you were called to do his job. You were called to be in the Father's business. And if you have taken that and perverted it and twisted it, and you've decided and become arrogant that it's your ministry and your truth is what you want to talk about, mm, you got some problems. You're going to have problems if you don't repent and get back on the path that you need to be on. <clears throat> and there are individuals that are like that out there. I, I, many of them, they're out there all the time. And then they're selling trinkets that are out of their pocket or that they cut off of something that, that they touch themselves with and they, they are selling it. And for your gift of $29.99, you too can have a piece of my hanky that I wiped my face and blew my nose on and you will have miracles in your life. You'll be wealthy beyond all compare. Really? You're going to sell trinkets? Whew. Wow. And they, and, and they claim, as with many do, and that's what having an itchy ear, that you have individuals out there that want to hear. They don't want to hear truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. And they like what these individuals are teaching because it doesn't provoke them into doing anything righteous. The only thing that it provokes them into or pokes them to is that they got to keep putting that money in the box. Come on in here and put your 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. And if you look at all the seats that are filled up there, and just like I tell you, when the scammers get on the internet, same thing. They look up there and if you see that every single person that filled that, that hall, that congregation, if every one of them put $5, $5, $5 into the, into the offering box. Every single one of them, and, you, and, and I can't even count the heads. I tried to do it one time, and there are just masses of people in there. But if you multiply that times five, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And that's what these people have, are doing. They're fable tellers. They're not tellers of the truth. They've been called because... Members have itching ears, and that means that they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to follow Christ. They want to follow somebody that declares themselves to be Christ. There's only one, only begotten son. The Bible tells us there is the only begotten son of God the Father, Abba Yahweh, I am that I am, and as it tells us, okay, here we go. We're going back in the Bible again. We're going over here to John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and, he, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Well, this is kind of why it, this is telling what those that have the itching ears, they want to hear what they want to hear. They don't get the truth. They don't get the word because they're not praying into it. They're not seeking the truth. They're seeking something else other than the truth. They're seeking something other 
than acceptance of Jesus Christ being the only begotten Son of God. It tells us that he is the only begotten Son of God. It doesn't tell us that all these other individuals that are claiming to be Christ, and just, you have that one up there, and I'm going to call down the power of God that my ministry, hear my word, my congregation, my church, my people. No, it's not my, 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 my. No, it's not. Oh, my. Are you ever erroneous? First of all, it's not your church. They're not your congregation, and it's not your ministry. You were called up to minister according to God's tenets, and you have forsaken that to tell lies and deceit and to empower yourself. You have usurped God's authority and his sovereignty, and you fall into danger. This I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters. There's a danger for individuals that do that. In this season, and it's happening already, and Jesus tells us in the book of Luke. Remember when the 70 come back? And what did Jesus tell us when he was there telling us right before he gave us the authority that he gave us? I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Didn't exactly fall, he was pitched. He got the heave-ho, the boot, however you want to say it. Satan was banished and his heavenly attributes, he cannot understand. This is why praying in the spirit is of import. Brothers and sisters, you don't have to pray outwardly out there and fill up the whole church when you're up there praying and, or if a pastor asks you to pray over someone. But praying in the spirit is really great because, as I've shared with you, one of Satan's heavenly attributes that he does not have and did not get to keep is that understanding heavenly speech. So when you talk to God directly, it's as if the switchboard operator up there takes that and plugs it straight into the throne room and God hears your prayer straight to him in heavenly speech. Nobody else can hear it. Nobody else understands it. Why? Because it's heavenly speech. And what does he do with our prayers? Remember, I shared this with you too. And John saw it in a vision that God keeps our prayers in little vials. He likes it. And what he does is he takes the top of that little vial and he's holding it in his godly hand and he unscrews that top a little bit. And then he, underneath his nostrils and he breathes in. It's a sweet savor to his nostrils. He loves our prayers. God loves us. And as I've shared with you before, God takes the time to listen to those who take the time to pray. If you don't take time to pray and then you complain and you gripe because God's not listening, God is. God's just waiting for you to turn, tune in and pray to him. You just want him to talk to you and you don't, the communing. The word communication, commune comes from the word, it's a two-way street. Communication, God wants to communicate with us. He wants to have a communal relationship with us. He wants a personal relationship with us. So why are you listening to all these fables and, and untruths? And these doctrinal issues that these liars and perverts are trying to tell you. They tell good stories, but they're not of the scripture. They tell some really good anecdotes, and it might even, some of them are really seemingly kind of powerful, but there's no scripture. They might tell you a really awesome story that even has, oh, what's the word? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking of a fa Esau's fables. They always have that at the end. They're going to tell you a story and then there's going to be the outcome 
might be really good. It might even bring a little tear to your eye. But without scripture and without truth and without righteousness and not being upright in his righteousness, it's not truth. It's twisted. Brothers and sisters, Second Timothy 4, 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul is writing this and his letters back to the end. He knows that he's getting ready to be put to death. I have kept the faith further in verse 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing to thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved the present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Paul is talking about those individuals that stay true to the word, and he's trying to encourage, he's trying to exhort Timothy and lift them up. And he's speaking the truth, the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord God Almighty. And he's trying to encourage Timothy that there are going to be those. And it's it's happening out here in this day and age. You see in this season that there are those and many that have decided that they, they only want to hear what they want to hear. Oh, this guy's a good preacher. Why? Because he's telling me what I want to hear. Well, of course he tells you what you want to hear. But is what you want to hear the truth? Or is what you are hearing from this great pastor only what you want to hear? Just like I, I heard and I... I pray over them, have been praying over them, haven't heard any more of this thing, but um, they were declaring this, um, uh, what they, uh, one of those uh, self-help gurus. Oh, he's a Christian man. He's, yeah, he'll be good. He's going to tell you, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. You hear what I tell you there, okay? I've talked about this before. A self-help guru is, and claiming to be a Christian is a false testimony because you can't be one and the other. You are either going to profess to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and speak the truth, or you're going to be a self-help guru and you're going to profess that because the person the person uses that title and claims to be that thing because it gives them a niche or a niche is however you want to pronounce it, but to claim something that's not true in order to get an audience. 
pretty inappropriate. And just because they say they are doesn't mean they are. Need to get that uh, that thing that I've shared with you before, that empirical evidence. That means it can't be disputed because when you see it, you know it. And not just because they are. And here's the thing too. When a lion doesn't have to go around roaring all the time. It does sometimes because it says, hey, I'm here. Where's my pride? And when a lion's out there in the wild and you hear them every once in a while, they're calling, they're calling out to their pride. They're not calling out to tell people, hey, I'm the king of the beast. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. Here I am. I'm a lion. No, that's not what that's about. Looking for his uh, pride. Pride being, of course, a gathering of lions. I mean, he's got, you see him strut around. He's, he's a king. He walks upright and not arrogant in what he is. He just knows that what he is. So you can be confident and stand upright and bold, but you don't have to be arrogant in it. And this is what he was encouraging Timothy. Be bold, be courageous, stay in the truth, teach the truth, talk the truth, show the truth, and that's all. You be that in season and out of season, when those that are declaring that they don't want to hear the truth and they're uppity and against the, the church and there's a, a problem that's being caused, be strong, be bold, be courageous, be upright, even in that season. And the season is there, brothers and sisters. Now we see the world has turned very dark, but be bold and be courageous and be upright in the word of God, the truth. Speak the truth. Be ready for whatever comes. I've shared with you too that the Bible tells us that some of us will be snatched up and grabbed and and I've shared with you truth already that there are in some other countries in the world and people don't want to hear this, but you have North Korea and you have China. You have countries in the Middle East and I've shared that some people have sent me personal contacts which I don't share because of where they are. And where they are, they're actually hunted and killed. If they're seen with the Bible, they can be shot on sight. And nobody is going to say anything about it. Well, that's uncivilized. And you hear people scream and holler about that over here. Well, what's civilized here? When you have people that are ostracizing and alienating individuals on a bus because they're sitting in a in a seat and they're reading a Bible instead of some other smutty book or they're not engaged on the phone, they're reading a Bible. And then you have somebody going to get out and come into fisticuffs and argument because of this sort of thing. And when you have churches and synagogues that are burned out and you have different sorts of graffiti that are put out because of their speaking in faith and righteousness. And then you have the coalition that wants to be striking their little drums and all that stuff and standing around saying that it's the Christians that are making a problem and that they're the ones that are causing separation and derisiveness and they're racist and big because they're not hearing the truth. Brothers and sisters, you have to be bold courageous and stand upright. And some of you might not like to hear what I have to say, but I'm always going to be truthful. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers on my going out and my coming in in the course of a day. And my prayers are for you and your strength and your guidance through the day. My children, I pray that God's face shine on you 
He is before you, behind you, beside you, and he's with you always. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you. I had to share that because my kids are my kids. But you're my brothers and sisters. Be blessed.